It's been a season full of upsets, unders, and occasional blowouts. The NFL Only Better team are here to try and make sense of it all, plus the Titans for the Super Bowl and all the live games previewed. It's NFL Only Better, and it starts right now. Hello and welcome to a brand new NFL Only Better. It is week 11. Two fingers up, guys. Week 11 is week 11. Of the- <laughs> That's not quite what we were over. Like, I won't tell you people what he did. Um, <laughs> thanks for that. Um, guys, welcome. John Baff and Mike Carlson. Good morning or afternoon or good night. But it depends what time you're listening to this at. Yeah. But yeah, hello, good. I suppose, is the, the all capturing word. Yeah, good morning. I'll, I'll bet everybody knows exactly what I did because it's so obvious. <laughs> <laughs> I just wasn't prepared for it. Um, look, we're going to look ahead to the weekend's games. We got Patriots, Falcons, Colts at Bills, Cowboys at Chiefs, Steelers at Chargers, Giants at Buccaneers. They're the games we're going to concentrate on. We'll have our best bets. We will just quickly start with last week and how we got on because, of course, there was a grudge match taking place uh, in uh, Foxborough. John's best bet was the Cleveland Yeah, I don't Browns. want to talk about it. My know. best bet was <laughs> the New England Patriots. Minus one and a half, which... Uh, they, managed, they managed to clear. That was they, the, they just about. Well, they, just they about. covered. Yeah. Um, I don't even actually we, remember what the final score in that game was. What was it in the end? <laughs> I stopped kind of counting to, for the sake of my own mental health at one stage. Yeah. Yeah. Four, 45 to 7. Okay, right. <laughs> um, yeah, bad day at the office for the Browns. Um, but a good day at the office for Patriots, who we're going to talk about a little bit later. And I think a couple of people, may, may, maybe one or two people stand up and take notes. Mr. Mac Jones, Mike, what do you think? I think so. I mean, that that was his I, probably best game. And he was coming off two not so good games. But it it, it was more it was more a uh, factor of the Patriots getting their offensive line together and, and Ramondra Stevenson running and, and doing therefore what they wanted to do. But Jones, you saw the strengths of Jones game, which is, which is quick reading and understanding where he's got to throw. And he put in some great throws. I mean, right on the money to receivers who were covered. And this was another game too, where turnovers, and this is becoming a factor, you know, I think all around the league turnovers put, Cleveland in a position to have to be more or less one dimensional. And that made them much easier to defend. And then of course it was also Jacoby Myers first NFL touchdown, the last touchdown of the game, uh, which came from Brian Hoyer. <laughs> so it was a landmark on two for two different reasons. Yeah. Not a great day at the office, John, but, but I'm sure you don't want to talk about it. Uh, well, no, it wasn't. I, I didn't see, obviously I picked, uh, I went on the money line last week. <laughs> bet for the Browns to win. Now that might've been a little hard overhead stuff, but I genuinely did think that the Browns coming off, you know, putting 40 odd points on the Bengals the week before, I thought they turned a bit of a corner. I thought momentum was on their side. Um, but I also think here and you're dead right about Mac Jones. And I think the, um, that's sort of play, that sort of game proved that, you know, you don't have to be, you know, throwing no look passes or weird shovel underarm things or, or have to have like a four five forty in the, in the combine to be an outstanding quarterback. Like it's looking for all the world that he was so far anyway, throughout the course of the season that he's been the best of the rookie QBs coming in. Uh, like Trevor Lawrence has struggled a little bit, but everybody's going to struggle at Jacksonville, I think this season. Um, so it just, we're looking at it again. I wouldn't, I'm not going to go so far as to say Bill Belichick masterstroke because he was the 15th pick in the draft, but it seems like Bill knew what he was getting and he got his man last, uh, mm-hmm. last March. 
And then, um, Mike, unfortunately, yours was a loser as well. So I was the only winner this week. Close was it? Yeah, it was. Oh, my. Don't even start. Yeah. Hang on. No, no, I mean, I, I, did the, I did this last time. Now, if I've done it two weeks in a row, I will apologize profusely. But according according to me, I was under my. Oh, no, that's the column. Best bet. Excuse no. me. <laughs> you were I, Denver. You piece I was of Denver. Sh- that that was the yeah, exactly. That was the pod. Best bet. That was exactly wrong. Um, I will in my mitigation. I will mm-hmm. say my column best bet oh my God. was Indy and Jacksonville to go under, and that, that came in. Is this the column, Mike, or is this the podcast we're on at the moment? Well, are yeah, you that's writing or talking right now? That's what happens. <laughs> I get I get confused um, very easily these days. It happens with um, age. But I actually had a pretty good week on the column, especially because I I'm, I cover every game in it, and I'm starting to make mo- you know more picks kind of comments in in the game comments as opposed to just the three uh, that we highlight. And most of those came in pretty well. So I actually personally had a pretty good week. Um, Denver, like- Denver did mess me up bad t- big time, though. It did, yeah. That comes out on a Friday on betting up FR, of course. And I, d- I did read it and I had a look and I did back the Colts and the Jags to go under in, in my early, early doors one. Unfortunately, it contained a couple of bad calls, including um, Tom Brady and the boys, minus nine and a half, which didn't... <laughs> really <laughs> go my way um and yeah i followed you in on denver as well mike so um you know go to yeah hell. that 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 was to me the really the most surprising result of the week um and you know for obvious reasons but it, and it wasn't just that philadelphia won it was that they won pretty handily um in the end i mean it, it stayed close for a while but not being able to contain jalen hurts was the you know i just hadn't conceived that denver's defense wouldn't be able to do that um, before we talk about the weekend action, we're just going to quickly mention two a couple of stats that have caught our eye when we are heading uh, into the kind of the second part part of the season. One of them is that I didn't update last week due to us kind of uh, being a mid season review on who uh, is like trending towards the top of this against the spreads because we do have a new leaderboard on that, which is Green Bay, who are now nine and one against the spread, Dallas eight and one, Tennessee Titans seven and three, Arizona seven and three. And we'll talk about the Titans a little bit later. Bottom now, ooh, Kel Surprise at the New York Jets and Washington two and seven. But Kansas do remain down there at three and seven. So we'll see how long their mini revival lasts. We want to talk about two things that kind of play into each other, John and Mike, don't they? That uh, NFL unders in the season are now 83 and 65. So it, it, the, it's the best start to the season for unders through 10 weeks in the last 20 years. <laughs> um, wow. And the dogs are barking, as they say in the NFL, because the underdogs are 87 and 62 against the spread. So, Mike, John, why are we getting low scoring games and why are we getting upsets? Easy question. Well, it's, <laughs> is there an easy answer to the question? That's that is the uh, that's the debate here, I suppose. I think it you know it's one of those things that you kind of have to look at in isolation, and it's not necessarily something to which logic can be aptly applied. Like if you really think about it, for for a game to go under, you really only need one team in a game to sort of underperform to kind of kick the whole thing on its head, and. Um, then if you know if one team jumps into a lead as well they're going to run the ball most more often than not they're going to play at the clock and not give the other and just basically strangle the other team and not give them an opportunity to get back so uh, i think maybe you're seeing i don't know if it's like a tactical revolution i think that's vastly overstating things but maybe it's just the way the league is the league structure is set up this year the way the coaching staffs are working out that there's more of a of a preference to trying to you know 
just kill a game essentially and that'll that'll always lead to it to an under like but at the same time you know a lot of this is just hearsay we we this this weekend's games we you could be looking at every single one going over so it might just be a statistical anomaly at this stage of the season although i'm looking at a couple of unders already <laughs> looking but uh, i think there's a bunch of factors as well it it could be an anomaly it could you know it could be that they're setting um they're setting uh, the scores too high after a couple of years of unfettered offense. Um, the Chiefs misfiring itself probably creates. Yeah, I'd say I was going to say that a a large point. the Chiefs are basically it. I said this year. <laughs> I think yeah, there's value but, in that point, Mike. I do think that the the lines have got higher. You know. Yeah, and, I mean, and, we and just kind hurts, of expect yeah. it. Uh, but also, you've had a lot. I think, I, and I haven't, you know, gone back and tried to to um, calculate it. But I, I think you have a lot more high profile injuries uh, on the offense right now. I think that um, you have less practice time for various reasons, but COVID being one one factor in that, and, and we're losing key players to COVID as well as injury almost every, every week um, for every team. And I think that ways of stopping the explosive offenses percolate through the league very quickly. Mm. And so far this season, I've already seen two that have caught on like wildfire. The first one being, and it, it wasn't original to Tampa in the Super Bowl uh, because New England had done a similar thing to Kansas uh, City before. But the the idea of keep of a two deep shell, however you play up front, and and teams use different different variations, two deep shells with robbers to cut off the deep plays to Tyreek Hill to cut the middle off a bit uh, when you can. Uh, and one of the factors last week with the Ra- Raiders was that they were playing one deep the whole time as if Tyreek Hill wasn't going to beat them. And, and he was open in the end zone twice uncovered, which was really weird on, on short plays. And the other one now coming up is, is what is being called blitz zero. Um, but what you see is teams lining up. And again, the Patriots have done this in the past Um and it's, but it's now spreading. They're lining up with six, seven, or eight players on the line of scrimmage, all standing up, and the and the other um, five, five, four, or three, whatever it is, are all standing up about five yards behind them. So the quarterback literally doesn't have an idea of what the defense is going to be, and then they. You know, you don't know who's rushing, you don't know who's dropping back in coverage, and everybody scrambles around to get into those positions. And that's confusing teams right now and causing, you know, so I think what we've discovered, what we found this year is that teams have have, have come up with a couple of ways of, of slowing down the really high-powered offenses. And when they do, what John was saying about controlling the ball, you know, time of possession has been a huge factor this year where sometimes it isn't, you know, where teams would would have the advantage in time of possession, but lose by big scores because of those explosive offenses um, that score, that score quickly. If they're not scoring quickly and you keep the quarterback off the field or you make them have an 11 or 12 play drive to score, it becomes much more difficult. And I think that's become a huge factor in this. You, you look at the, the Patriots, for example, you look, you look at the Washington's, had a lot of publicity for this, but the 18 play drive in the fourth quarter. Unbelievable. That, that, that mm. just that just kept Brady off the field. I mean, the best mm. way to beat Tom Brady or Patrick Mahomes or or whoever, you know, Kyler Murray is just not let him on the field. Yeah, I know that, that that was sensational stuff. Um the last bit is obviously just to look back at a, a little bit of our mid-season review. I I, I mentioned that in passing, uh, one of the teams I mentioned was the Tennessee Titans that I was like, you know, I Said I'd said at the start of the season I liked them as a bit of an underdog for the Super Bowl, and then you know after a few games I was like, oh, I don't know about this now. Um, 
But I did say I still fancy them. I thought they were getting going um, at a 10 to 1. And I got a lot of support on Twitter. A couple of people sent me some tweets uh, that said uh, Tennessee Titans just went 5 and 0 against Buffalo, Kansas City, Indianapolis, LA, and New Orleans. And they also said that the Titans have the third worst pass block grade. And these are the skill position players he's working with and listed out some of the players, obviously. Uh, that Ryan Tannehill works with, and he's still number 10 in the EPA slash play, similar to Josh Allen and Aaron Rodgers when you look at the actual statistics. So the idea that they were totally one-dimensional, maybe, maybe, is a little unfair. And that five-game stretch that they have come through has caught a few people's eyes. They're still 10-1 to um, on the uh, sportsbook to win the Super Bowl. The Buffalo Bills are your current, and we're going to talk about them shortly, 11-2 to two Favs to win the Super Bowl. Tampa Bay Buccaneers 6-1, to one. Green Bay Packers 8-1, to one. the Rams 8-1, to one. Dallas now 9s, Cardinals 9s, and as I said, my Tennessee Titans are 10-1. to one. Um, and been impressive enough, guys. Yeah. I thought they were your Dallas Cowboys. They are. <laughs> are, are we? Are we? Acu- are. are we accumulating more teams now? I am. You know, I'm. I'm. I. A, I'm. I'm. You know, I'm neutral in the podcast as as, as I as I can be. Um, You're not neutral in our WhatsApp group, Gary. <laughs> That's completely different. That is not of our uh, the listeners. Uh, before we move on to the live games, a reminder. Um, um, some of the offers and promotions on Betfair. And, and I do want to tell you about something coming very quickly on Betfair. But bet 20 on multiples, get a five pound free bet uh, on multiples, bet 20 pound on multiples or bet builders. And after the qualifying bets have settled, you get a five pound free bet. And that it's every single day on Betfair Sportsbook. I know loads of you like to get involved in multiples, etc. And I do want to let you know about something because. Uh, and I think I might be the first to actually say it on a pod, um, but many of you who are on the sportsbook regular will know about our double daily rewards week. I can tell you there is one starting this week. I'm not sure. I'm, I'm, I know the date. I might tell you the date a little bit on, but a little bit later on. But it is starting this week, and you all know what that means. It'll be bet 20, and it'll be get 10, and there'll be loads of other extra things happening on Betfair Sportsbook and on the social channels as well with some extra special competitions and stuff like that. So I'm, I, I can't tell you the date, November 19th. But look, anyone, you know, I'm sure if you check the sports book, you'll find out all about it. To the live games. <laughs> oh, I, thought you, I thought you were going to go on about the Titans. Oh, thank <laughs> because, you. <laughs> yeah, I mean, I, I will point out that New Orleans managed to cover in that game. <laughs> not, not without it, you know, not without some difficulty. But, yeah. um, you know, the, the, the Titans, everything seems to go right for them. They've been outgained in, I think, the last three of those wins. Are you going back um, to the Colts game again? Are we back at this? No, no. But they get they've gotten the breaks uh, from the officiating. They've they've been out they've been out game, but they've they've played very good uh, positional football, uh, as it were. And um, I think Tannehill, you know, they, they they really try to get, they really do make the best out of Tannehill without having to force him to play drop back passing game. And you know. Um, I think Vrabel has to be right now really getting into consideration for coach of the year if he can keep this up, but I'm not convinced they can keep it up. Yeah. Just, just a, one final thing on that for no, me is great. I think yeah, it's no. been super impressive that they've continued the momentum despite losing arguably the best running back in the league. Yeah. Yeah. So, I mean, that, that's, we all thought they'd to, fall apart really. Yeah. I Let's mean, be I'll be honest. I kind of did like when you lose a bit, a key part of your, your offense like that, you know, nine teams out of 10 will struggle. And it's a great credit to them. I think that they've kind of kept the ball rolling. Yeah. I, I, and I just checked, obviously, Buffalo Bills are five to two for the AFC. Tennessee Titans now second fives for the AFC, five to one. Kansas City Chiefs, 
five to one, eleven to two, uh, Baltimore Ravens, and it's tens bar. Uh, as we said last week, AFC. They're both quite tough. Um, to call who'll be the AFC and who'll be the NFC uh, conference winners, but but for different reasons, <laughs> um, why they're tough because the NFC is just littered with teams like the Bucks, the Rams, the Cardinals, the Packers, the Cowboys, who you're like, God, look at their records, and then you know the uh, you look down through you know the the uh, AFC, and all you have to do is go three teams down. You've got Kansas, um, That's who it. are. Like well, every a lot of teams hovering around five or six wins in the, yeah, in the exactly. AFC, so yeah. it's, it's really all to play for. And I wonder, like that, kind of begs the question as well: Does that mean that the NFC is a higher standard, or the AFC is a higher standard? Given that a lot of the teams are just beating each other in the AFC, meanwhile you have, you know, like you say, Kieran, three or four standout teams so far in the NFC. So it's a it's a curious question. Well, I mean, we'll find out in the Pro Bowl again, like we mentioned last week. We find this out every year. I do think the question about the NFC, and, and we've brought it up before, and we might talk about it maybe next week in detail. I'll let you guys have a little think about it. Is when you come out of the NFC, are you battled hardened or battled weary um, when you take the Super Bowl? Um, because, you know, whoever wins the AFC is going to come in the Super Bowl with this, look, it's all or nothing. It's one game. Let's mm-hmm. do as much as we can. Whereas the NFC, you might have had to come through some really, really tough games and you might have had to go to places like Green Bay and Kansas, etc. Or sorry, not Green Bay, Kansas. You might have had to go to places uh, like Dallas, etc., uh, who are our favorite team now. I could be wrong. I could oh, yeah. be wrong, but with Philadelphia beating um, Denver uh, this week and, and the Vikings beating the Chargers, um, I and the tie between uh, sorry Detroit and Pittsburgh. I believe that the NFC is now one game up over the AFC uh, in head-to-head matchups. So you know, okay, that's not enough. a that's not a trend sort of that reflects. I think they're just right now. It's just that the it's the division of team of quality of teams, um, you know, and and the bottom the bottom of uh, the bottom of the AFC looks really <laughs> it's really deep. <laughs> I bottom. do. I do actually have on the Betfair Sportsbook, I do I did make some um five euro accumulators on the divisions after we spoke. And I, I just looked the other day, and at the moment I have one that's on a fiver returning 580. And it's uh, the Bills for the AFC East, uh, the Ravens for the North, the Titans for the South, Kansas for the West, Dallas Cowboys, NFC East, Green Bay, NFC North, Tampa, NFC South, and Rams, NFC West. And it is in contention, let me tell you, people. I just need Arizona. Uh, I need I need Arizona to. <laughs> yeah, the Rams are what are a game behind Arizona, right? The, yeah, yeah. I also need the Baltimore Ravens and Kansas to kind of get their act together and just put some put some distance between the others. But uh, hey, listeners, I'll keep you posted on my bet. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> I'm sure you're all cheering at home. The New England Patriots take on the Atlanta Falcons in Thursday night football, four to eleven. The New England Patriots night for the Atlanta Falcons. It is seven points at the the, uh, the spread as of right now, which is Wednesday morning. 47.5 is the over under. Um, I really don't like talking about the Atlanta Falcons because they can just do anything in general. They are a poor ish side, um, but they can be dangerous a little bit at home. The Patriots are on a bit of a roll, guys. You know, sneaky, sneaky. The Patriots are on a roll. Mm-hmm. Um, who you got in this one? We we'll start with you, John. I've, uh, I think, you know, this might be one of those games that you don't necessarily need to overthink uh, too much. 
if you just look at present form that is good to hear because i do not like thinking <laughs> if you just look at what the form that these both of these teams are coming into this weekend's game with you've got the patriots we've talked about them a little bit at the top of the show but put 45 points on cleveland and then the falcons shipped 40 something points as well to dallas so i think you know that is one of those games like i said do we need to overthink it terribly i think the recent form of the thing is screaming that the patriots can win this game by more than a touchdown and i believe that's the handicap is, is it still seven or seven and a half yep seven. it was it was six and a half so it's, yeah like six it's, and a half would climbed. have been six and yeah. a half would have been lovely but i still yeah. think you know I think seven can can cover fairly uh, fairly comfortably. So you know I've been very impressed with this Patriots team so far. We've talked about Mac Jones, but um, a friend of ours, Kieran, of course, is a is a big Patriots fan, and he you know he watches all the games, reads all, listens to all the press conferences, reads all the blogs, and the the thing that I've noticed as well is that they're layering up the offense uh, in in a very manageable sense for Mac Jones, and this is a, this is a team I think that's going to continue to going strength to strength between now and the end of the season. So. I mean, I don't, they're, in my opinion, they're a real contention to, to come at Trump's in the, in the AFC if they can keep this form going. And I, I just think, um, you know, the Falcons aren't going to have anything necessary to, to stop them. Yeah, well, no, the, yeah. There's a counterpoint there. There's two things. One is Matt, the Patriots haven't faced a great quarterback in, in great form. And not that Ryan's in great form, but two weeks ago, they won in New Orleans, remember, mm. um, against a, a, a pretty good defensive team. And that's um, a grudge match, though. You know, that's a, like so, sort of. But this, Falcons this, is a big game. This is a grudge match, too, in the sense that it's the Super Bowl rematch from mm. a couple of years ago. And, you know, if Matt Ryan goes up 28-3, watch out. <laughs> um, but the other thing is Atlanta's defensive coordinator is Dean Pease. And Dean Pease has a track, good track record against New England because he used to coach there. So he understands what what's going on. And I, and I get the sense that he doesn't really like Bill because that's why and that's why he left. But he coached in Baltimore and he coached in Tennessee. And both times they engineered really good games against the Patriots offense. Um, so th- so I, I just wonder if he's got the personnel in, in Atlanta to be able to do that as well. I mean, I agree with John that on 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 the surface it seems to be um it seems to be a, a, an easy shot for new england but i i wonder if, if this went to seven five i might take atlanta to cover um you know i'm not sure i would i would at seven uh and i might t- and uh if you think new england's going to win i i think the under might even tempt you a little bit here yeah, as you said, the under is uh, is definitely one that's hitting recently. I'll tell you, some, sometimes people ask, like, would we do a show, you know, where it's just questions and stuff like that, and what we do, Sean? Mike, I'd say we'd get some high-quality show out of that uh, Patriots-Falcons Super Bowl and the decisions that were made by the Falcons, obviously, uh, in the latter stages of, say, the third quarter coming into the fourth. Mm-hmm. Um, not, <laughs> I, I, I'd say Matt Ryan just... Finds it hard to sleep at night when he looks back at that game. Um, not well, that, that was, was on fault. Kyle. I mean, it was Kyle yeah, Shanahan. No, yeah, it was Kyle, Kyle Shanahan. Shanahan calling the plays. Yeah, there was some insane plays called in that one. God. Um, Colts at Bills is uh, the six o'clock game on Sky Sports. Uh, it is five to two. The Indianapolis Colts. The Buffalo Bills are three to ten. Seven point five is uh, the current spread. Fifty is your over under. We just discussed about. Um, the how um, much of the unders are clicking in and um, wait till we get to Dallas Kansas and I tell you what it is but um <laughs> guys look the, the thing is with, with the Buffalo Bills they're favorites for the Super Bowl and they have been now for about three weeks you know 
um, and they're quietly getting it done. Uh, they've had a few sticky games, um, <laughs> but you know these are these these are these are the favorites now for the Super Bowl. So they got to be winning. Simple. I'd say so. I mean, if again, look at these. If you look at the stats on paper in this particular game, Buffalo arguably have the best defense in the league. They're first in the in the entire NFL and. Uh, yards of offense allowed second in passing yards allowed and third in rushing yards allowed and again one of the best offenses in the league as well once you look at the the metrics but i guess i I believe josh allen has now surged into the lead for the mvp uh and the odds on that one as well but they're gonna have to rely on that third in the rushing defense uh stats that we were talking about when they're playing jonathan taylor who i've just been so impressed with in the last whatever it is five or six weeks i guess and even loved him in home improvement That's a good one, Kieran. I appreciate that one. I'm old <laughs> enough to understand that reference. <laughs> but uh, yeah, I think. Listen, I, this is this. I'm quite interested in this game. I do fancy Buffalo to win this because I, you know, I'm quite high on that team at the moment. But the seven and a half handicap in this one actually tips me to go for the Colts with the the, the handicap. So I think, I think they can. The Colts, like by contrast to the you know Buffalo being at the top of everything of all those metrics. Colts are kind of in the middle of everything, which suggests they can have, obviously, they can have poor games, but they can have games where they really play outside of themselves too. And um, I think this might be one of those games where they, they'll keep the score down pretty low, but I, I expect Buffalo to win, but I'd actually pick the, the Colts with seven and a half points. Yeah, Michael, I, I, send I'm, it over to you. Yeah, I'm, tending that, I'm trending that way or tending that way. Um, but I think under in this one, under 50 is, is probably a pretty good shot because I have no faith in Carson Wentz to put a lot of points on the board. You know, he's, he's at his best when they keep him, when they keep him confined to, um, to game managing as it were, uh, and not throwing the ball left-handed um, to, to opposition defensive linemen, uh, which is a, a bad recipe for winning. I, but Jonathan Taylor, you know, that's going to be the big matchup for them. They're a good defensive team in Indianapolis, um, although they're middle of the pack on the side, but they, they do, um, they do play the run pretty well. Buffalo is going to be a pass first team. I think Buffalo win. I, I think it stays under 50. Um, that's probably what I would bet. And do you, you, you mentioned it obviously about Carson Wentz throwing passes left-handed when he's blatantly right-handed. Um, and he, he did yeah. comment in, on it as well. Do we, do we think a, that's a good idea and B, do we think he's going to be there next season or are they already starting to look at him? Well, I, I think that Frank Reich has a lot of faith in him um, or in his ability to coach him up, up to things. And, 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 and to, you know, I think Wentz has played his best ball since before he got hurt. So, you know, give him credit for that. He just, at times, he just sort of panics and makes, makes crazy decisions. And, and um, will they move on? Will they draft a quarterback? If This would be a good situation to draft a quarterback. If, if they, you know, unless they go on a tear, Wentz is, is acceptable. So you draft a quarterback and you don't force him into the lineup right away. Uh, you know, until you, until you, until you have to. I, I, I believe, uh, and I think they have admitted that they give Andrew Luck a bit of a knock on the door after every season and just say, fancy it. Do you think that, <laughs> do you think he will ever answer the call? Yeah. Why not Dan Marino? <laughs> I mean, I think age <laughs> we're looking at is quite of a difference. No, I don't, yeah, but- I don't think Andrew's going to come back and play. Uh, I, I can't see. I just can't see a scenario that makes it worth his while. Interesting. 
Um, the late game is a clash of well, well, we we could I could say pretenders versus contenders, but I'm going to say it's pretenders against also pretenders at the moment because it's Dallas Cowboys at the Kansas City Chiefs, who obviously won on Monday night, and now everyone is just like saying that Kansas are back, they're on a romp with, they're heading, you know, this is the game. But we have seen them do the odd thing that you think they're back, and then they stink the place out of it again. Cowboys 23 to 20, Kansas City Chiefs 7 to 10, two and a half points. I was very interested to see how this line opened up, I have to say. Uh, so two and a half point favorites, Kansas. Now, again, listeners, we record on Wednesday. I don't know what this is going to be an hour before game time, but I will tell you that over under 56 seems high based on the season <laughs> that we are currently experiencing. I'm going to say it's, you know, go in the under kind of thing, because I know a lot of you guys are going to watch this game and they are high powered offenses. But Mike, uh, let's start with you. Dallas Cowboys, Kansas City Chiefs. I've spoken enough. Let the experts speak. What do you think? I'm actually tempted to go over no, but- in this because because <laughs> of the quality because of the quality of the defenses um, less less than less than the other. I'm I wasn't totally convinced um, by their performance against the Raiders uh, def- defensively. They held the Raiders to 14, but it it just seemed like there were opportunities there for the Raiders to. Um, to take advantage of. And if Deshaun Jackson doesn't cough up that fumble, that, um, you know, maybe it's a different sort of game, right? Dallas have offensive weapons, obviously. Um, Yeah. 56 is an awful lot. Um, Two and a half is not really tempting. You know, it's almost, I would go with Dallas on the money line. If you think, if you think the Cowboys uh, can, can pull this one off on the road. Um, But I would take Kansas City, I think, and giving the two and a half uh, as as my bet. Uh, look, John, I'll, I'll send it across to you. Obviously, Mike, there, you know, the, the, this is a tough game to to think about. You know, he went over, and then he was like, "Oh, it's a lot." Well, the yeah. two of them it's scored. Just, no, the game. two of them scored eighty four points last week, and I know that's recency bias, but you know. Yeah. Well, we love recency bias. It's like one of our <laughs> it's main the things. entire thing we do on our show. <laughs> it should be the name of the show. <laughs> but uh, on this game, yeah, I'm, I'm the same as Mike. I'm, I'm going with Kansas City on the two and a half point handicap. Um, but I, you, you kind of touched on it in your in your um, lead into this particular segment, Kieran. Is that I don't know if that if last week's win against Las Vegas was really the resurgence that the Kansas City Chiefs fans are kind of hoping for, I guess. Like Mike also mentioned it earlier uh, this, this morning, that they Las Vegas just seemed to kind of abandon the defensive structure that has been working so well against the Chiefs this year and just kind of, you know, did their own thing a little bit and paid the price. And as well as Mahomes, like, you know, that's it's one of the most discussed, his performances this year were among the most discussed things that's been going on in the league. But I think, you know, by my count, I think Las Vegas left what, two or three interceptions out there on the field in that game. So that, that, you know, I think they still would have won most likely the way that they just kind of dominated the the, the Vegas defense last week. But it seems to me that Mahomes still hasn't completely quelled that uh, inconsistency that's kind of, you know, found its way into into his game somehow this season. And um, it'll be really interesting to see how they kind of 
play against it, particularly if Kansas City go down. If, if, if Dallas take a lead, maybe by two touchdowns, which they're more than capable of doing in this game, it'll be interesting to see how uh, the Chiefs try and counter that when they have to get points on the board. And they, maybe Mahomes has to kind of take those chances that have just not been working so far this year. Like the, the sort of meme that goes around online and on Twitter about just a throw it up there. Tyreek's around there somewhere. He'll get it. And he hasn't been getting it a whole lot this year with the exception maybe of a, of a week ago. So um, yeah, I think that it's a fascinating game. It's going it, to, I think this is what kind of one of my red flag games as well. I think it's kind of hard to pick um, how this can go down. Cause yeah, I can really see a bunch of different scenarios playing out, but I do think that the most likely one is that it, the best bet probably is to take Kansas city with a two and a half point handicap. Love to do a show about all your red flags, John. Well, I mean, Kieran, we just wait till the bad weather comes in. We can <laughs> keep, keep, keep the red flags flying. Yeah. Um, the Sunday night late game is Pittsburgh Steelers at the Los Angeles Chargers. Two to one, Steelers. Two to five, the LA Chargers. Five and a half points is the uh, current spread, and the over under is forty seven. Mike, question: Why is Justin Herbert not allowed to throw the ball very long, very long, or far? Uh, <laughs> it's funny because Brandon Staley said one of the, the smartest things I, I of the season, I think, um, a few weeks ago, and it was picked up on by a number of people in, in that when you're running play action, you know, and people believe, as I do, that you don't need to be a great running team to to be successful with play action. You just have to run the ball uh, and that that's enough. But he said we want to run the ball because football's a physical game and you have to establish yourself um, physically against your opponents. You can't always finesse everybody and, you know, it gives your offense more chance. And I think he's, he's sticking to that. The other reason with Herbert is that he's really, they're really a two receiver team um, apart from Eckler coming out of the backfield. Um, And if you, if you control Mike Williams, you pretty much control them because Keenan Allen, you know, what teams that beat the Chargers do is let Keenan Allen catch a lot of passes short, but stop Mike Williams from catching anything deep. Um, that's that's really going to hurt, really going to hurt them. Um, having said all of that, Bab, Mike Tomlin is apparently leaving the door open for Big Ben to come back and play in this game, but otherwise it's going to be Rudolph Mason. Um who or um, who's the evil twin of Mason Rudolph? Um, <laughs> start starting starting at uh, quarterback, and in and in that case, I, I can see this game being kind of a mess. Um, and uh, Big I, I Ben would... is the one to control long and far either. So. <laughs> yeah, but he has this knack. He's has this knack of kind of waddling waddling the extra second, and then and then hitting Deontay Johnson or Chase Claypool, you know, with a four yard pass that they turn into a nine yard first down. Um, so I I, 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 Pittsburgh's defense could keep them in this game. I'd probably stay away from the four and a half, but but I do think it's an under game. Yeah. I mean, like one of the things that I mentioned about Herbert, by the way, so his average at the moment in terms of passing average is under eight yards a throw um, among 44 quarterbacks with at least 300 dropbacks over the past two seasons. He ranks 31st. I can tell you who's around side by him is Mr. Ben Roethlisberger. So like this is a guy that's just not being let really throw it very far and wide. Now, Mike gave reasons for it, etc. But it does mean that they are quite one-dimensional. And it also means that when they can go behind, which we saw with the Rams as well, that 
going behind is is a thing now with teams that they can't play. They, they, they can play when they're out in front, John, but, but when they're behind, they, they don't know what to do. The, the Chargers did not know what to do on Sunday when they went behind. Well, that's, uh, you have to, yeah, I think that's, you know, when you're behind in a game, it's always a plan B, you know, no team kind of goes into a game and says like, okay, when we're two touchdowns down, as we will be in, you know, in sometime in the second quarter, this is what we're going to do. Everybody goes in with the, you know, the best case scenario in mind and, and trying to implement their, their game plan on their opposition. Um, but yeah, you're, I think you're dead right with the, the kind of criticism, I suppose. It, and it's not really criticism at Justin Herbert himself, because I, I think he's a very good, good quarterback, particularly like he played excellently last year. Yeah, I kind of thought, I thought he was kind of following the blueprint of Josh Allen because of the, he has that similar kind of arm it, by my eye anyway. And I think he's, you know, he's pretty, he's always been pretty good with ball and hands when he kind of makes a run for it as well. So I don't know whether stifling him so strange or so it, it is so strange whether stifling, I should say, but um, yeah, with big Ben, um, I still think that the neutered Justin Herbert can outperform the current version that we're seeing of, of Roethlisberger. And uh, yeah, the, the Steelers team just don't seem to have any discernible identity from, from what I can tell. Like they're pretty much at the bottom of the league for yards per play, for points per play. And when you just look at those things, those statistics, it just doesn't represent good betting value because you can't, this isn't a team where you can sit back with any great deal of confidence and say, okay, listen, if they find themselves in a hole, they can score themselves out of it. So um, I do like the charges in this one. I think, I think the under, I think the under is, is a, is a, is a good bet on this one, but I also kind of like the charges given six points. So, um, but at the same, no, I'm going to pick one. I'm going to go with the under on this one. I think this could be a, a low scoring game for the, for the reasons we've just discussed. Excellent. Uh, the last we game we're going to look at. Yeah, we seem to be in an awful lot of agreement this week. We do. That's yeah. really worrying. It, it, it's <laughs> terrifying for people. Basically, we'll all be right next week or we'll all be terribly wrong. And next week's show will be awfully yeah. depressing. Due to technical issues, NFL only better. <laughs> <laughs> uh, the New York Giants take on the Tampa Bay Buccaneers 4 to 1 about the New York Giants 2 to 11. The Tampa Bay Buccaneers 11 points at the spread, 49.5. The Tampa Bay Buccaneers were pretty, pretty awful. At the weekend, they have been given eight days uh, to find out exactly what went wrong and fix it. Tom Brady was very, very short in his interview after the game. I think the press conference lasted shorter than two minutes. He looked like someone who'd been told that his snake oil, uh, Coco Moco, was all out. What? Coco Moco? What? <laughs> exactly. What? It's Coco Moco? Okay. It's a Westmead thing, I guess. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Um, Tampa hired a Coco Moco coach. Where is where do the books go from here? Not where did the books go from here? They're obviously one of favorites for the Super Bowl. It was a bad performance, and they did they looked really annoyed that it happened. And they have looked a little bit out of sync in the last couple of games as well, guys. So are, are, are the Giants going to feel the wrath of it? I guess is the only question here. Joe Judge versus Tom Brady. Yeah, interesting. <laughs> that's, how, that's how I met. Um, I think this is the kind of game where the Bucks put themselves right because it's not that hard to put yourself right against the Giants. Um, Vita Vea's, I think, going to be okay. Um, that was a big worry for me in terms of in terms of how you evaluate evaluate Tampa. And I know that Brady doesn't have Gronk, he doesn't have Antonio Brown, but to be honest, it's like they remind me of, of a basketball team with LeBron James that doesn't bother, you know, that takes March off and then gets everybody ready for, for April and the playoffs start. Um, and so I, I don't see how you can 11 is, is it 11 still? Week 11 it was last night. Yeah. No, the, um, <laughs> the spread. 
Sorry, I thought you were asking what week it was. Uh, are you with us? Is it still week 11? <laughs> it is week 11 still, and the spread is 11 points. Yeah. It, very Irish there for a second. I'm almost tempted to take the Giants with the spread, but I think that, that Brady's going to come out and punish, is, and you know, kind of punish them and want to put a lot of points on the board. So I, I think Tampa and the spread is probably the way to go there. I'm sure Mike Evans wouldn't like to hear you when you say like they're going to keep Antonio Brown and well, it's uh, Brady's that, comfort like... zone. You know, it, mm. it's the guys he he looks for first. Yeah, um, but he's going to kill Mike Evans in the, in the wild well, wild you would think it. You know, I, I would just think I, I just think maybe this is the factor of his getting old. It's not his arm that that's having problems um, like Drew Brees last year. Say it's that he's he's become set in his ways, and we're. Five years ago, he would go down and survey the field and, oh, there's Mike Evans. There's Chris Goodwin. There's Scotty yeah. Miller, if he's even playing. You know, there's Cameron Braid. I'll hit them. But this time he's going down and saying, where's Antonio? Oh, that's right. He's not playing. And, you know, and by the time he figures out that, you know, he's got to go to one of the other guys, um, time's up. I saw an interesting stature in the week as well. That uh, to your point, Mike, that the I can't remember what it is now off the, off the top of my head, but they I remember won. the stuff. Don't say that, it. They, yeah, that's the end of my story. <laughs> so an interesting stat. <laughs> no, but they're, it, it, when Antonio Brown lines up for the uh, for the books, they're I think there's something like eight and one or something. Or you know, basically they're they're a far more productive and far more yeah. potent offense. And, then, and when he's when he's not playing. The, it, it absolutely flips on its head. It's like the he's a fundamentally important part of that offense, which is yeah. He's he's got the precision that Brady likes. Yeah. You know, if the play calls for him to to be breaking out at ten yards, he's breaking out at exactly ten yards, and and, and exactly. Brady likes that more than anything. Yeah, okay. but um, I, I wonder. Just I'll throw in yeah. my pick just for just for the the sake of it as well. Um, yeah, I can't really add a great deal uh, beyond what Mike has said. I think. Obviously, the, the Bucs are coming to this on two straight losses. There was Washington and then there was New Orleans the, the week before. Um, but I do think that despite Joe Judge and stuff being there, I think the Giants is kind of a team that a lot of high-powered offenses would like to play when they're trying to get you know a, a season sort of back on track. And um, I think the real question is if they're going to beat them by more than 11, which we've discussed, which, you know, 11 is a, uh, it's a very tricky number in this, in this situation. So just given the, uh, the theme of the show, I think, I suppose I'll, I'll go with the, the under on this one, which, uh, <laughs> which was 49 and a half, I believe by my, by my notes. Uh, yeah. yeah, 49 and a half. So yeah, I'm going to go with under 49 and a half points in this one. I just don't think. I think the, the the books can get a can get a rake of points on there, but I think this Giants team, you know, they're, I think they they might even try and work Saquon Barkley back in, and but that'll be a limited snap count, and I don't necessarily think will translate to points on the board, and actually might hinder them as they kind of work him back in. Um, so yeah, Buccaneers with the under. One word of warning: last week there were two games with or three games actually, but one of them ended in a tie um, with teams with no sorry, excuse me, but. Um, there were two games with teams with palindromic records. And at this point of the season, when you see palindromic records, you start to think that, that uh, the team with the winning record ought, ought to be the favorites. It was Tampa against Washington and Minnesota against the chargers. And this week, um, Tampa again is playing a palindromic. They're six and three. The giants are three and six Baltimore is six and three Chicago is three and six. So in both games, I would, you know, I would go with the team with the better record, but last week that was wrong both times. And in this season, I wouldn't be surprised if it was wrong both times this week too. Who knows? Well, thank you for that, Mike. That was awful. That last well, thank you. <laughs> thank you. Did I, you know, I heard a funny story yesterday, but I can't remember, I can, but I can't remember it. <laughs> 
Um, a reminder before we do our best bets uh, that um, uh, to keep an eye out for double daily rewards week. It is coming um, November 19th. Depends on when you listen. It may have already actually started. Um, uh, so do check out. It's 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 normally, as you know, bet 20, get five. But it's double during daily rewards week. And that will run next week. So when even when we present next week's show, we will still be in the middle of that. So I will give you a bit of a shout on that. And I, I can tell you, um, and, and we do have to sort, sort some issues out with the two gentlemen that are in front of me. But we have not one, but two shows next week, gents. Two oh, really? shows. Oh. Yeah, yeah, we will have a, a an episode that covers the Thanksgiving games, which will either come out on a Tuesday or Wednesday. And then we'll have one uh, probably on Friday, which covers the Sunday games. So two episodes of NFL, only better. Double the value, double the fun, etc. So uh, let's move on to... Um, our best bets of the week. And this is a tough one. Mike, what do you want to say? You're uh, have you considered here. trying to get Aaron Rodgers to do this double down uh, commercial? Because I don't think he's doing the like State Farm one anymore. I don't think Aaron's going to be doing a lot of <laughs> TV apps for a couple of weeks anyway, um, until somebody else says something silly. Um, uh, um, the bets of the week. Look, this is actually really tough. I, I, I did find that I was going up and down and seeing, God, I was like, ooh, boing. like always. Yeah, boing, boing stuff. I'm going to go with the Bengals coming off a bye to beat the Las Vegas Raiders. It's a pick'em game. It's 10 to 11, 10 to 11. Um, and I'm going to go with the Bengals to come into town after having some time off. Um, Raiders went through a tough game and a tough loss on Monday Night Football. Um, so I'm going to go with the Bengals as my bet of the um, on the money line. On the money line, yeah, yeah. yeah. It's a pick'em game, yeah. So I'm very good. I'll throw a mine in there for in, in this week. I'm looking Mike, at. Mike, uh, are you writing them down, Mike? Because that's what I do. Like no, you know, no, I don't write. He's just them doing down the crossword. <laughs> I'm going to write mine down and try to get it right this week, oh, so okay, I don't great stuff. Uh, just just know the difference between. Um, you do obviously uh, release the show, which is you know historical accuracy yeah. of what you pick. So don't worry about that. <laughs> yeah, I'm I'm sticking with unders. I'm I'm going under. Well, John, what are you? I'm going to do uh, the aforementioned Aaron Rodgers. I like the I like Green Bay giving two and a half points up against uh the minnesota vikings that's my best bet for the week that's, that's a good, good one that's a, that's good, a good one, one. that that's is one that one. i was on my list but i you know it's just that thing about obviously that being you know the game for those two teams um mm. and it being in minnesota but yeah it is a good one mike what do you think um i'm going under in houston at tennessee the over under is what 45 still Hopefully it's gone uh, up since forty-four point five. Oh, okay. Well, I don't like that as much, but I'll still take it. Forty-four five. <laughs> Sorry, <laughs> dropped half a point. Yeah. Get <laughs> on. Yeah, make a phone um, call there, Kieran. Yeah, I'll make a phone call and get that moved. Um, <laughs> yeah, that's good. That's great. Uh, I like all. I like all three of them actually. Yeah, that sound, they sound like a good actor. Um, thanks for that, gentlemen. As I said, we will be back next week. We'll have a good Thanksgiving special. Um, which we will sort out after we stop recording because we we only. Oh no! Let's do, it, let's no, do let's it on. Let's do it on the air. Let's, ar- let's argue um, about timing. <laughs> a reminder to please do gamble responsibly this weekend and every single weekend and every week. We're big fans of gamble responsibly here on the show. Please do gamble responsibly. We'll be back next week. As I said, my thank you to John Balf. Uh, my thank you to Mike Carson, and thank you to you for listening. We really do appreciate it. As I said, we'll speak to you next week. Two episodes. Bye for now.